coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Hello, I'm Barbara Gon Mueller. Welcome to peacepodcast.org. As you know, we are each week talking about peace, and we bring mentors like our guest today, Tom Carlisi, where he tells us about how he is practicing peace in his district in Columbus, Ohio. And as you listen to him today, I want you to imagine peace is possible. As Tom said, he's going to teach you some things that he told me earlier about how you become that listener, how you bring peace to whatever you're doing. Tom Carlisi is the founder of the Carlisi and Associates and has provided counseling, coaching, training services for over 40 years. And as he says, he is a nonviolent communication trainer. Isn't that beautiful to hear nonviolent communication trainer? And one of his specialty skills is in conflict prevention. We could sure use him today in conflict resolution. You know, Tom conducts several workshops. In fact, I was on a Zoom call with him and there were hundreds. I felt like there were 100 people because there were three screens going and each person brought something special to this meeting. And that's why I want you to listen today, because we're going to talk about what it is to be a peacemaker, what it is to have go from one to 37 peace builder clubs and for Tom to be the peace chair in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome, Tom. It's a pleasure to welcome you. Well, thank you, Barbara, and it's a joy to be joining you, and I wanted to celebrate this whole Peace Podcast series that you've created. What a gift for so many. Thank you. Thank you, and you are our 90th speaker, and 90 speakers, so you know, you have a wealth of information. Our audience loves to hear what we have to bring, because it inspires them to do more than they maybe thought they could, and you said something earlier about imagine a world that works or let the fear go, let the doubt go. What did you say to me before we started? And we were talking about how it's really peace is about energy. Okay. And how do we, our natural state is connection. And I was influenced very deeply in my past 20 years with the, from the works of Marshall Rosenberg, who founded nonviolent communi- communication, following the works of Gandhi, Dr. Martin Luther King, Carl Rogers, and a colleague of mine, we were sharing about it, and he said, you know, energy follows thought, or I like another train, is where focus goes, energy flows. So we put our focus on, as you call it, peace as possible. That's where we're putting our energy. Okay, and now uh, there's a plenty of conflict in the world, but if we keep imagining unity, peace, possibilities, we're going to generate that more and more. And the spark within each person's heart and soul opens even more. And we connect. So I really enjoyed that part. Conversations and connection. That to me is the gift that we bring to our planet with our beingness, who we are. Connection. You know, you have inspired so many and you've engaged in so many peace projects with an emphasis on thinking diverse communities and sectors, to, to getting them to work together. What inspired you to do that, to get diverse communities together? Well, I appreciate that question. And Barbara, I've had three parts to my career. Uh, like from 25 to 40 years old, I came out as uh, education 
as a uh, like agency counselor. And I was working with at-risk youth and families. Uh, I, I then headed up um, a family program for a drug and alcohol teen center, first one in Ohio. And then I was in private practice and I was doing some volunteer work. But around 40 years old, I had a major change in my life where I just had a call to kind of say, let's focus your life on peace. And one of the inspirations is in Columbus, we have a, we have a school system with 50,000 students in the public school system, very large. And back then, a long time ago, 40% of the students were not graduating from high school, two out of five. And I, in a lot of violence and drug problems. And I said, we got to do something. So I actually got some of the local leaders that I knew together and formed a nonprofit organization. And the main goal is how do we get young people excited about learning again? And the bottom line is, why don't we invite them to try and figure out what the adults are trying to figure out? What are we going to do with the peace and, and the safety? What are we going to do with education, literacy? What are we going to do with our health? What are we going to do with environment? And I came to learn that there's a model of teaching called service learning. Service learning. Yes. And it's taught in schools around the world and after school programs, too. And the three prongs of service learning is the students learn academics while they're working on real life community projects let's say partnered up with an agency. And then at the end, the students actually put on a special event where they teach others what they learned. And all the while they're doing student reflection portfolios throughout. And the, and it, and the evidence has shown that if you just talk at me in a class, I'll keep 5% of what you say. But if where there's more graphs and whatever, but if I'm gonna learn because I'm gonna teach others, We'll keep ninety percent of what we learn, and Isn't the character development is it's so. It works certain. for me, and it worked for you. You know, if I'm, you know, if I want to learn something, I teach it because then I have to be an expert at it, so I have to learn it. And the young people say, "Hey, my name's going on this. I want to make sure I do it well. You know, do it right," because they take identity and pride in that whole thing. The second factor was looking that if we're going to get things done, we need to do it systemically. You know, that we might have an excited teacher, but that person's kind of one in the whole building, let's say, or two. And how do we get the systems working together, especially when there was so much strife in community? So I'm starting to work with the, like the um, actually neighborhoods, leaders, uh, the actually our Columbus Department of Neighborhoods got on board and actually gave me a training opportunity for their all those. And then we're going into different sectors of health and wellness and social justice, education, business, et cetera. How do we bring them all together? Yes, okay. how do you? Yeah. Well, I am proud to say that uh, we recently got a global grant from Rotary International to kind of demonstrate this, this example. And uh, I was doing a workshop at Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio. There was a non-traditional uh, student uh, named Jenny who used to live in St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands was in Columbus because she wanted to get her master's degree and learn about NV and actually train with NV's nonviolent communication. And she said, Tom, I want to bring this back to my island. And I said, let's go. You know, so it started back in about 2016, I think. And we were doing workshops and the Rotary Club of St. Thomas uh, heard about me and asked me to uh, invited me to be a keynote. And I shared him some of the dreams. I said, I'd love to do a global grant with you all. 
And they said, let's do it. And from that, uh, we are in a, showing the building piece through therapist program where we do the peace skills and education, but it's gonna go into the schools. It's going into the uh, elementary, middle, high school, even university level. It's going in after school programs like they have a boys and girls club. And the whole community is coming together. And this September, they're getting four rotary peace poles that they're gonna be putting on different places on their island. And they're gonna have a peace march. So that's an example of some of the things about bringing the whole community together. Well, you have a lot of energy. And so I can see you being an attraction. I know that whenever I make a talk, people say to me, um, you have so much energy and you're so enthusiastic. Well, that's what's contagious. If yeah. you're enthusiastic about something, that's what spreads. And I've always had that in me. And I'm not sure why, but it's, if I do something, I do it with my whole heart. If I'm going to do something, in, like my first, my late husband said, um, when we invited him to a conversation in Santa Barbara, and he was in Costa Rica uh, on the big picture summit and how to go from linear thinking to global thinking. And he wrote back on the letter, I will attend with enthusiasm. Instead of writing all this, I'm so wonderful, blah, blah, blah. And he was the assistant secretary general of the United Nations. And he said, I will attend with enthusiasm. That's all I had to hear. And three years later, we got married and lived happily ever after. But, you know, it was his enthusiasm that grabbed my spirit. Wow. Well, I, you're touching my heart deeply right now, Barbara. I want to share a story with you, if I can. Great. I love me. And there was a movie that was, oh, it's been years now. It was called Always, okay? And it was back where um, the story was the pilot was a firefighter and he crashes and dies and you get to come back and kind of re have a do-over, get the final learning of what you didn't get in your first life. And there's a scene where Audrey Hepburn is doing a cameo and uh, the character... Uh, ends up in this burnout forest and you know and except for this one little green area and he says look at that first moves when he was young and she said he said wow yeah i was inspired okay and she said yes in spirit inspired comes from the word the word inspiritus which means the divine breath mm -hmm. is breathed into you and you were still enough to be able to hear it and receive it so two of my favorite words are inspired and enthusiastic. So Well, I like that. You want to do a TED Talk with me. I want to do a TED Talk on enthusiasm because yep. everything's a gift. Everything. Yes. I got two new knees, and after my knee and my second knee, I sat up in my bed and I said to the nurses, I just got my second knee with enthusiasm because I can walk better now. And they came back at the end of the day and they said, we need some of your enthusiasm before we go home. So the nurses would be streaming in and out of my office, which was just room rather, which was just fine because I always had company. But it was the enthusiasm that inspired the whole the whole section of that hospital. Wow. You know, I'm remembering Marsha Rosenberg, who I, I was fortunate enough to study with for several You were months. lucky, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And he was talking about when do we say yes and when do we say no? To things and because everything we do we're trying to meet a need of some kind and if we say yes to a need it's because there's something compelling like even to contribute today is a need of mine okay to connect with you and others 
Those are needs. When we say no, it's because we're connecting to another and more important need at the time. But he said, when you say yes, say yes with enthusiasm. And picture this. He said, like a young child feeding a hungry duck. Okay. <laughs> We're both just like that. You don't go in with each other. Happy, you know, at all. And that's what I'm remind, being reminded of as I'm listening to you talk about enthusiasm and share it and live it, really. I see it in your face. Truer words could not have been spoken. You know, if you live with enthusiasm, you just, you sparkle. And, and, and even in the grocery store, I see these people kind of not being themselves because they're thinking about how, I don't know what they're thinking about. So I just say, what a great pair of shoes you have on. Yeah, you like my shoes? It doesn't <laughs> matter. Yeah. I could say I like their hair. One lady, I said to her, I love your haircut. Oh, thank you. I have chemo and I had to lose all my hair. You never know where the conversation's going, but you made them at that moment alive. That's yeah. what enthusiasm does. It brings that aliveness in people. Right, Thomas? Amen. Amen. And what uh, many Marshall and again, nonviolent communication and many other modes say our natural state is to connect. Connect. And there's something that is alive we, we, in, in our DNA, really. In, in our, but we learn over time that there's a lot of strife. There's a lot of power over, power under. Uh, I'm going to be guarded because I don't want to get hurt. Or I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. And this is the shift we're all trying to do. There's another paradigm. We can really look at power with. We can connect with each other. We have the same universal needs no matter where we live on the planet. Whether it's safety, relationships, productivity, how do we use our gifts, larger meaning of life. And that's exciting to see people of all generations and globally coming together in Rotary Action Group for Peace is an example of the organization that's fostering these opportunities. So, Thank you, Tom. Thank you for, for admiring in yourself that enthusiasm, for admiring in me that we are very like-minded, that life is a gift, and that everything is either a positive or even more positive. I don't even put the negative out there anymore. If something comes to me and I think, I just say thank you, and then I go to the next thing. My late husband's book on Pat Prophet, the Hat Maker's Son, he talks about Emil Kuwe. And Emil Kuwe was the philosopher that said, You say this every morning, every, every, oh, let's see, every day and every way I'm getting better and better. And he cured his friend of tuberculosis just by saying that over and over again, every day and every way I'm getting better and better. And, um, there's something about the way we talk to ourselves. I think that's one of the sins of our generation. We don't talk nice to ourselves. We, we criticize it and there's no reason for that. So talk about all the peace projects you're involved with and how you bring energy and enthusiasm and positivity to them. Well, I'm just touched by what you just shared and um, just be transparent. Um, I think we all try and live by a certain moral compass and uh, we want to critique it. How are we doing? You know, and what happens that you just brought up something historically for most a lot of my life, no one can be as critical with as I am with myself about my behavior, about what I could have done, what I didn't do, what I should have done. And what I had to learn, especially in my early 20s that I have what's going on is how the what's the equal and opposite to critical and I call it compassion. 
Can I have compassion with myself? Can we have compassion with our, ourselves? So we treat that little guy or little girl. We were doing the best we could with the resources we had at the time. Okay. And when we have compassion, we're learning that that old strife and amygdala reduces actually, and we are able to get back to our core. Okay. So empathy is really crucial. Uh, what you asked me what we're doing now, um, uh, one of the programs we're doing is called uh, Empowering Peace Builders. And what we will do is a six weeks course that we, a series uh, with nonviolent communication. We teach the core of it, the basic understanding of it. Then we have like a whole session on like empathy, the power of deep listening. Another one is how do we speak honestly without moral judgment? Because when we get to judging power over I'm right, you're wrong, whatever, we create more separation. How do we negotiate challenges with everybody's voice matters? Okay, we're looking at mutuality with respect for all. Okay, and those things all line up with the Rotary four-way test. Okay, and so we teach that and the alignment with the Rotary four-way test. And we were Remember, talking I, I, in my Rotary club. Our past president would always say, "And what is the four-way test?" And the first one was, "Is it the truth?" And my favorite is the fourth. Is it beneficial to all? Yes. Oh my gosh, think about those words. Is it the truth and is it beneficial to all? Yes. And we were talking earlier about empathy, okay? And one of the examples we go through is empathy is how do I listen to what's important to you, et cetera. It's kind of easy to talk about it, but it's a lifetime of practice <laughs> to get it. Because when I'm listening, I've got this computer going off that says, oh, yeah, and that reminds me of this and reminds me of that. And I want to tell the, or I want to convince the other person of my way. And how do we learn how to just slow our minds? We call it we have a silent mind and an open heart. So when I'm listening to someone, can I just be as if I'm in their shoes? With trying to connect energetically to try and just understand them. Doesn't mean I agree with them necessarily, but let me understand them. And when you see someone feel understood, you'll see a relief in the, in the speaker. <sighs> and I love movies again. And what, what, I don't know if many people might remember the movie Avatar that was out. And there's one part in it, one of my favorite parts is when the blue people, she looks at him and says, I see you. And he looks back and says, and I see you. Isn't that beautiful? That's, that's the power of empathy. That, oh, that gives me a chill in my body because I see you, Tom. And, you know, I, I never thought about that quieting the mind because I just do. It's an automatic thing when I'm on these podcasts. I want to be with you because you're my guest. And so I'm not in the mood to judge you or even think about anything except what you say. And that's a skill I have learned on peacepodcast.org. And if you watch these podcasts, you'll see how... You can have that conversation build on what somebody else is saying rather than what you're thinking. Amen, amen. And when and I actually have on my business card a tagline, achieving results through communication, connection, collaboration. And it's in the connection that when you see me and I see you and we find out we may have different ways of going about it, but we got the similar needs. I want respect. I want safety. I want inclusion. I want to feel important. Then we can more collaborate. 
But if you talk to me and I talk at you and then you want your way and I want my way, we're just creating more separation. Isn't that true? And you know, that's why I wrote the book, Revolutionary Conversations, the tools you need for the success you want. And you know, they're so simple. And the first step in this five or six step process, stop, just stop. Because you don't go to a stop sign in your beautiful new Lexus and go right through. You can pray nobody's going to hit you. No, you go forward when it's safe. And the same thing in conversation, stop. And what's the most popular thing that people, you get more response from people when you say, I need some help. Oh, they look at you and they say, what can I do? So it's S-H-A, ask a question, R, have that kind of a response, S-H-A-R-E. And that R stands for risk. It takes a risk to respond sometimes. And then last E for explore. That's the methodology. We keep it in our pocket. And Maybe that's why I can quiet my mind, because I know the conversation is going to start to build on something else. Not what I'm thinking, but what's happening in the moment. Wow. Just really, really enjoying what you're sharing. And uh, and I'm thinking about the people that I've had fortune enough to meet, not only locally, regionally, but now national and international. And how I can be talking to the young professional road directors in Serbia, in Europe. And it's like I've known them for so long and we're right in the name neighborhood because yeah. we're connecting with that share model you're talking about. Exactly. Right. It's share. Yeah. It's the share tools, the tools you need for the success you want. And the other part, too, is Zoom. I want to thank Zoom because with Zoom, I can do this work and I'm not wasting my time. I'm not wasting my time driving to an office, parking the car. I'm not wasting resources. I'm just Zooming. And so I have become a Zoomer instead of a Boomer. So I'm a Zoomer and you're a Zoomer. I know you are. Amen. You know, I'm reminding myself of a story. I, I Working with some young uh, young kids that were from the Boys and Girls Club in Columbus, Ohio, on the south side of Columbus. Can I share a story with you? Sure, quickly? please. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, uh, I wanted to bring in this nonviolent communication model. And we had a Young Peace Builders Service Learning Program. I wanted to introduce to them. So I talked to the leaders and I said, can you give me like 15 or 20? And these were nine to 12 year olds. Okay. I hadn't worked with that age group, a young group in a long time. Uh-huh. And, and I got them uh, at the end of the day, 630 at night after they've gone to school all day, they had three hours of after school and they were really wound up. But I got, you know, I gave them, and I had about a half an hour really before the rides were going to start picking them up. So I started out with this, Barbara. I said, okay, I'm, and this is an inner city, struggling, kind of challenging um, family situations. And I said, okay, I'm Mr. Tom, and I'm here to see if you guys want to create a more compassionate club, okay, and group. And I said, so what goes on around here you don't like? And Good question. That they said, we bully each other. We, we play games, we're selfish, we don't want to share. And if we do something wrong, we try and lie ourselves our ways out of it. Just like that. Right. They were just so very honest. aware, aren't they? They really are. And I said, okay, well, your your club, I'm going to show you some things that have been, been useful for me. See what you think about it. And there's a game board that two colleagues uh, in the West Coast developed, uh, Victoria Crindle Hudson and Sarah Hart, called the No Fall Zone Game. I had that with me. And the first thing it says is, okay, it's got a temperature reading on choices. I said, how many of you, when you get upset, you just fly out and yell out? And, you know, That's me. That's me. 
how do you, you know, shut everybody out and go in a shell and shut everybody out? That's me. Some say I do this, then I do that. Well, we're going to show you how to get more mindful and centered and keep your own power without being either aggressive or shutting down. Then we went forward and I said, but what are some agreements that you that are important to you? Because we're going to learn about feelings and needs and everything else. And I said, you come up with your own. We're going to give you a, a poster board. And here's what they said. Barbara, I'm going to remember this all my life. First thing they said was, we need to be more respectful to staff. I said, really? These 9 to 12-year-olds. <laughs> that was the first one. And then they said, share. You know, share, you know, treat each other better, you know. And one said, if you, you do something wrong, fess up. And then one girl yelled, we need to be kind to each other. Just like that. In 20 minutes, eight, 12 weeks later, they're in their gymnasium putting on a whole special event where they're they got their tabletop, they're teaching people about nonviolence, the road report we test. You go to another table, they got the game board, they're teaching the adults, they're leading discussions. And two days later, we had our celebration event. And there's one little girl, she was amazing. She looked at me and said, Mr. Tom, I think if everybody took this course, we'd have a more peaceful world. I said, how old are you? <laughs> and she said, I'm 10. I said, can I quote you? And she said, yes. So I quote her around the world now. <laughs> if we but all that, do this, what a what a what a uh, preface for peace. What a preface for peace. They know, and that's their natural state, even though there's challenges all over the place, they want to connect. Okay. It's just so beautiful. Life can be so beautiful when you connect. And if you have a problem, find somebody who will have that open heart and empathy that will allow you to say it, say it rather than telling you how, what you can do about it. Sometimes the healing is in the words that we say. I know I appreciate it when I have an issue and I'll say, like I called up my friend Ashish today and I said, Ashish, I'm so frustrated. I have so many ideas and I want to do them all at the same minute. And he said, now don't you be frustrated anymore because the time will happen when you will be able to implement them in their own time. Everything is timing. I said, Ashish, do you hear yourself? You're giving me advice, but you also listen. And so I want to thank you for that. Yeah. I want to thank you, Tom. At this yeah. point in our Peace Podcast, I always say, what would you like the world to know about you? What would you like? Do you have a website people can go to? And what's your last word? Not words, well, I should say. <laughs> I think the last words would be, I'd like to share uh, my appreciation and gratitude to Rotary and the Rotary Action Group for Peace uh, for giving the opportunity working with the Rotary Clubs in St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands and Tortola, British Virgin Islands. And we're actually putting together a two-year program where, like I said, this is going to integrate into the schools, after schools, but also in the whole community coming together because there's gun violence they want to reduce. And, you know, in some of the places they want to have more connection. So what we're going to be doing working with the university on um, evidence-based outcomes. And we want to have that as a model that can be replicated in parts of the United States, in Europe, South America, Africa, Asia. So I'm going to be doing online training uh, with this, this six-week series, Western Hemisphere starting mid-October, and then Eastern Hemisphere also. We're opening that up. 
And then the second one is, uh, if anybody's interested in learning this, I'd love them to just email me and uh, you have my contact information. And uh, it's carlisinandassociates at gmail.com. Uh, my website. Is C-A-R-L-I-S-I. A-N-D. Yes. Uh -huh. And associates at gmail.com. Love to hear from people. And then finally, Barbara, I've talked to you about this. I love Shekhar Mehta's uh, model of Dream Big, okay? And then Jennifer Jones this year, Imagine Rotary. Well, here's my piece. Imagine Rotary collaborating with Rotary Action Group for Peace, collaborating with the Center for Nonviolent Communication that I'm a trainer, that they're in 60 countries with over 800 trainers like myself and thousands of people practicing this then partnering with the service learning through the, all the school systems globally. And then we tie into the 14 sustainable goals of the United Nations. That imagine all these organizations. The sustainable development goals at the United Nations are so powerful. And yes. all of these collaborations will create an energy that will spread through the whole universe and the planet. And I really appreciate your dream. I always felt that if you dream big dreams, then they come true. It's like, don't get bogged down with the little things. Just dream that dream. Use your imagination. Like Robert said in this book on his, auto, his biography where he said, power doesn't do it. So why don't you just get quiet and use your imagination? And I'm gonna ask everybody who's listening today to pay attention to what Tom Carlisi has said. He said that it's being present. It's being that open vessel when you're <laughs> classroom, when you're in a Zoom call, to be there and let the moment create itself because it's in conversation and it's in commitment and it's in collaboration when we begin to see that we are all powerful and believe in yourself. I think, Tom, what you also said is that be good to yourself. not yeah. Don't be the judge. You don't need that. Your life will go fine without it. Amen, amen. I think that is one of the deepest pieces that we all need the gift of like uh, we kind of uh, sometimes say the golden rule is love thy neighbor as thyself, not instead of thyself. Okay, just remember if you're gonna love them, love yourself too. Absolutely. And I'm Barbara Gunmuller. You're listening to Tom Carlisi. And be sure you share this with a friend. Sit down together and watch this peace podcast and have that conversation that Tom and I find so powerful. And you'll begin to see that peace is possible. And I have a new idea. It came to me yesterday in a meditation. Light a candle for peace and put it in your window. It can be a battery operated candle. But if everybody's putting a a battery-operated candle or a candle in the window, then we will see when we come to our house in the evening, there'll be a candle waiting for us. And a candle is there for you for peace. So with that, I'm Barbara. Hey, Barbara, if I can just add real quick, I didn't expect this, but our Rotary District 6690, uh, led by Mary Jane Shackelford, the last year's district governor, we created a Rotary Peace candle. You did? Yep, and we have it as a fundraiser to help our priest. Uh, okay, project. you're going to have to share that with me. I'll be happy to do that. You see, and you know what? <laughs> and and um, Jennifer Jones, our new RI International President, said, imagine. And so Robert said, power's not going to end war, but your imagination can. And so you just have to think about that. And a peace candle, light. And remember all the people, Gandhi, et cetera, light a candle in the darkness. 
Yes. And this is what we're doing. And I would love to see your peace candle, Tom. I just cannot believe this. Well, I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller, full of enthusiasm, waiting for Tom to share his rotary peace candle. And I just know that you see this idea came to me yesterday morning when I was on my think tank and and my friend my our IT person and this genius in New York Sanford Hinden creates these websites that are just unbelievably beautiful and so we were getting on our think tank and I said well we're the only two here today he said I know let's just meditate and see what comes to us and I said okay let's just do that so we sat there and meditated and then I said, you know what came to me, Sandy? A candle. Put a candle in the window and let that candle be for peace. And every night you light that candle and you'll be reminded and you'll wake up and you'll have the peace candle. And so anyway, he said, you know what came to me? A conference on world peace. And I said, think about it. We could do that on Zoom. And everybody who has lit the candle, if you're a Rotarian or not, but just light a candle for peace. So with that, Tom, I thank you. You see how ideas bubble up? Yep. Amen. Amen. It's all about connection. You never know how many ideas are going to come to you. My husband had a habit of writing down everything. And you know what that led to? When he, on his deathbed, he died in 2010, he had 7,500 ideas for a better world. And they're all available at robertmuller.org. We are all full of ideas. And he worked at the top of the world at the United Nations for years, 40 years. And he had all these every day, he would write down on a piece of paper, his ideas. And then when he retired, he perfected them. And now he has this wonderful, 14 volume, 7,500 ideas and dreams for a better world. But that's not what I want to say now. I want to say thank you, Tom. Tom, you are an amazing Columbus, Ohio, Ohio treat and inspirer. You are an inspiration. And I thank you for being on today. Thank you, viewers. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller saying, get that enthusiasm up and don't judge yourself. Just go forth and bring peace to the planet. Thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm.